Today your first time here, or maybe your first time in a while. If so, maybe you're wondering exactly who we are and what this church is all about. Well, we'd like you to know that we're a group of ordinary people who are on an amazing journey together, following Christ. Our guide is the Bible because it's the divinely inspired Word of God and it will never take us in the wrong direction. Along the way, we hope you'll see that we are welcoming and spiritually passionate and that getting to know you is a big deal to us. We know that the road is rough sometimes, but we'll work really hard to bring you practical and relevant messages to equip and encourage you through life's ups and downs. We want you to know that we care about this community and we believe that it's our job to make it a better place. So, no matter who you are or where you've been, we're glad you're here with us today. And we hope that you'll join us on our journey, following Christ and living out His plan for us. So, welcome to church. Amen. So, look, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to the house of God. Amen. We glorify the Lord. Come on, give the Lord a round of applause. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're so glad to have you here with us today. Amen. What an awesome opportunity that to be in the presence of the Lord and to be among the people of God. For those of you who are watching us online, thank you for joining us. And for those who are here in the house, we greet all of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm sorry that you missed out on the singing and everything, but we believe that there is a word also for you, for you to be able to receive those who are just joining us online and on Facebook, on Twitter, and on any of the other platforms that are there. And we thank God for all of you just opening up uh, uh, your, your videos, your internet, your whatever to be able to see us this morning. You could have chosen to be anywhere, but you chose to tune in to the Greater Bethlehem a Christian assembly to the house of bread. And we want to declare there is bread in the house, especially as this week as we're about to celebrate Thanksgiving. Amen, amen. We begin to look at this typically launches uh, uh, right in the midst of our holiday season. So uh, right up front, we're going to say to all of you, please be careful during this Thanksgiving holiday. Want, uh, want to make sure everyone is safe and begin to do all those things that are necessary to maintain your good health and not uh, and, and and not to contract anything that's out here. Well, look, that's being said, I'm going to ask you if you're turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 17. That's where our text will come from tonight, th uh, this morning, rather, Luke chapter 17. Amen, amen, amen. And um, as we begin to open up the scriptures again, I want to thank all of you for your prayers, etc. In my behalf, your prayers, your encouragement, and everything in my behalf. Uh, in my behalf, I recently uh, celebrated the Pastor's Appreciation uh, uh, Month, and, and, and the saints here really surprised me with the drive-through, and it really blessed me. And I didn't realize they said you were like a little kid out there running everywhere. And so, <laughs> but I just want to thank uh, all of you. How many of us know that so often when we're on the edge of a blessing that the, that the enemy also wants to attack? And so... Uh, we thank God that even through anything that the enemy brings, we're still more than conquerors. I broke my toe this week. I know those of you online, you can't see that I'm here with a, a thing on my foot. I broke my toe. I stopped my toe and, and uh, full-fledged and uh, really broke it. And I said, Lord, uh, I, in fact, when I did it, I just kept my mouth closed. I did not say a word. I'm going to maintain my testimony. I didn't even say ouch, ugh, or anything. I just, Jesus. Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. So I thank God for just the encouragement for, from those of you who knew about it. You just called a, a center card or whatever. Just acknowledge that. And we thank God for our prayer, for your prayers. Saints, I'm going to let you know that we're living in a time where everyone is going through something. Especially as we're about to enter this holiday season, COVID-19 is raging all-time high. You know, and, uh, and, and so when we see the temptations back in the day called this a ball of confusion, people looking out, people looking in. Why? Because of the color of your skin. And so we see racial unrest taking, you know, so much is taking place. We see that our government is experiencing transitional changes and people aren't willing to embrace what the will of the people has been in selecting the new uh, president-elect. Uh, and so there's so much going on. But one thing I want to let you know, God is not in the business of division. He's in the business of reconciliation. 
He called us to be one, his people to be one, one heart, one mind, one soul, one spirit to be one. And as we begin to embark upon this Thanksgiving season, I want you up front. I want to tell you up front, we need to learn how to be thankful, to be thankful for all that God has done. So right now, hopefully, if you've turned to Luke chapter 17, I'm going to ask you to begin to devote your attention at beginning at verse number 11. Luke 17 and 11. And the scripture reads, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine that are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger? And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Father, we thank you for hiding this vessel of clay. Use this vessel, Holy Spirit, you proclaim, you preach. You are the preacher, Holy Spirit. And we give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I would like to talk with you about an attitude of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. Today, as we enter the Thanksgiving holiday season, we want to thank God for every blessing, for every mountain he brought you through, for every valley that you had to endure. We want to just say thank you, Lord, for every blessing. You see, Thanksgiving is a time of giving thanks. The two words together, thanks and giving, or giving of thanks, is what we have coined this term, Thanksgiving. Now, I need not tell you how this holiday started here in America with the landing of the pilgrims at Plymouth Rock. But I'm going to let you know, no, that's not where it started. It started back when man was created and they began to give God thanks for all that God has done. I don't know whether or not you noticed it, but it was in the days where Cain and Abel were on the face of the earth and it said they both brought sacrifices unto the Lord, giving thanks unto God. You see, when we talk about giving thanks, we're talking about gratitude. Gratitude is not something that is merely owned, but it defines the very nature of the relationship. Gratitude recognizes that we are not owed anything. I know we live in a time where people feel that everybody owes them something. Because when we look at where we are, when we actually size ourselves up with the very presence of God, all of us are unworthy. All of us were unclean. All of us were in need of mercy far from the peaceful shores. Oh, gratitude. Gratitude recognizes that the greatest blessing that any of us should desire it's not the blessing of a car or a house or finances, but the greatest blessing is to desire a right relationship with God. The greatest blessing. Gratitude recognizes that it is ultimately about returning to God, who is our source, who is the one who blesses us, that we may return in his favor and thanking God every day that he allows us the opportunity to get it right. Gratitude. You see, when we think about those who are gone, whatever the nature of their relationship was with God prior to leaving this earth, they're stuck right at that place. So for those who had no time for God, now in eternity that they have departed, they're going to find out God has no time 
for them. Think about it, gratitude. The remarkable thing is that we have a choice regarding the attitude that we embrace every day. Nobody makes you act out. Nobody force you to say what you say. And yet we cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act out in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing that we can play on is this one string that we've been given. And you need to learn how to play on that one string as best as you can and give God all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise because that one string you have is the very breath he's put in your mouth to sing. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. You see, the focus on Thanksgiving is not on what, but on who. The ultimate source, our God. There was a seventh grade class where the teacher told the students, I want you to write a list of the seven wonders of the world. And when she put the list together, she collected the papers. The class wrote, well, I think the seven wonders of the world, Egypt's great pyramids, the Taj Mahal, the Grand Canyon, the Panama Canal, the Empire State Building, St. Peter's Basilica, China's Great Wall. And the teacher says, okay, wait, wait a minute, I didn't collect one paper. Uh, honey, uh, come on, let me get your paper. While you're struggling, she says, because I'm having a problem with trying to look at one of the seven wonders of the world. She said, well, what do you think they are? She says, I think the seven wonders of the world are having eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart that can touch, tongues that can taste, feel with our fingers, to be able to laugh, to be able to love, and give God praise. You see, when you think about how God has blessed you and I, most professing Christians, you'll find out, and I've seen this by my own personal observation, those who say they know the Lord, but when they sit down or have a meal, don't even take the time to give God thanks. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Giving him thanks. Mm. Oh, you see, it was a, I saw, I read a story about a man. He was in the hospital, and he had a young boy that, it, that wanted to see his dad, and yet he could not because they would not allow him up. And so while he was standing outside the hospital window with his mother, the patient, the man on the fifth floor, during his time, he had taken the time to carve out a wooden car for his son. And he called the orderly and said, would you take that down there and give it to my son? And so when he met the son out in the yard and at the hospital, the man in the window on the fifth floor was just looking. He saw the son in anticipation begin to open up the package. And when he saw the car, he began to beam with happiness. He was glad. And so what he did was he looked at the car and then he looked at the orderly and he ran over to the orderly and hugged him and said, thank you, thank you, thank you. Meanwhile, the dad was up on the fifth floor and saying, I'm the one that gave you the gift. I'm the one. But the little boy kept looking at the orderly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You see, so often you see who God uses to bring the blessing, but you fail to see it is God who gave the blessing. God says, I'm the one. When are you going to take time to thank me? You see, gratitude is a conscious choice that you and I have to make. I can choose to have gratitude no matter who makes me angry. I can choose to have gratitude. I can choose to keep my mouth closed to honor God despite whatever words have been said to me. I can have gratitude. I can have gratitude that despite how dismal my world is, I can still see the beauty in the simplest things. Looking at the landscape, looking even at a baby's face and seeing the beauty and somehow saying, Lord, thank you. Mm. Charles Haddon Spurgeon says, he says it this way, if you're not content with what you have, you will not be content even if it were double. You see, some of us just don't have a nature of being 
How many times have we encountered that the scripture declares in the last days, this is Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, men shall be lovers of self, proud, boasters, arrogant, truth breakers, unthankful. You see, even today we see the level of ingratitude or unthankfulness just parading itself out no matter how much God blesses us. Some of us still find reason to complain. Well, God, you gave me this job. Well, why didn't you give me that position on the job? God, you gave me the car when I didn't have no car, but why didn't you make it the Mercedes? And why didn't you make it the Beamer? God, I thank you, Lord God, that you, you, you smiled on me, Lord God, but couldn't you have given me a bigger house? Couldn't you give me the latest outfits? Couldn't you put money in my bank account? God, I thank you for what you did, but can't you do better? You see, an attitude of ingratitude. Now, in our text this morning, we'll find out that it happened on the day that Jesus was passing through Samaria and Galilee to head back to Jerusalem, that he encountered 10 men. It happened on that day, on that day. You see, why, do you, why are you making that emphasis it happened on that day? Because if there is a day that wherever you are, God will find you. Can I tell you that there was an easier route to get straight to Jerusalem? But it was this particular day that the, that the Lord chose a route that would bring him through Samaria, bring him through Galilee, just to find those 10 men. And if God would take the time, if Jesus would take the time to, find, to go this route just to find them, I need you to know he'll get to where you are. He will find you. Now, I don't know about you, but that's enough for me to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Because I see when God found some of us, he didn't find us right out of Sunday school. Huh? He's, some of us, he found us with our head hung over in a toilet from getting drunk the night before us. And you, come on, let's tell the truth. Some of us, he found in the jail. Some of us, he found about to rob somebody. Some of us, he found about to do something illicit. But he took the long way around just to find you. Mm. Mm. And notice that when he found them, these 10 men, they're described all lepers. Mm, lepers. Now, leprosy was the dreaded disease of the day. It was the HIV AIDS of the day. It was the cancer. It was a disease that was so shocking that it would begin to destroy one's life slowly as they begin to erode and die in the midst of still being alive. It was very contagious. And because it was so contagious, contagious rather, people with leprosy now were required by the law to not be around everyone else. My said, well, why is that important? Imagine yourself now constricted in such a way that no one can be around you. You see, right now when we're looking at COVID-19, I, I know of loved ones my cousin Linda sitting back there where her mother used to sit here in this service, that when she was in the hospital, and yet we all were there when she was brought to the hospital, but then all of a sudden when COVID really began to hit, no one could come and visit. Imagine your loved one. They've been used to being around family, children, friends. But all of a sudden, they've gone through something traumatic, and they really don't know, why aren't you there with me now? See, maybe they didn't get the memo. Maybe the drugs had kicked in. Maybe they were in a coma. Maybe they didn't know when they're coming out, why has no one come to visit me? Now, if you can imagine like that, as it relates to corona, imagine it now when it just relates to you and your world. Right now, we have more issues of people going through anxiety and stress. More people right now simply because they cannot be around other people resuming their normal activities. 
At an all-time high right now, there is such an issue of domestic abuse taking place right now because people who used to be out there in the workforce find themselves now stuck with the very people they are living with and they can't get along. Understand that even the alcohol sales have excelled drastically. Cannabis has excelled drastically. Why? Because I need something to occupy my time when I used to be busy. Now, fast forward to where it is leprosy and no one can ever come around you. You see, when a person had leprosy, it was the priest who declared after examination of the hands, the feet, the scalp, the skin. After the examination, you have leprosy. Now leave and move far away from the people. It is not that you get an opportunity to embrace, to hug, to kiss, to tell your family and friends goodbye. No, leave out now. You are a hindrance to the people. How can it be that I, who was such a love to my family, a provider, an encourager to my family, all of a sudden I got to live with, I cannot be around them anymore. You see, it is an emotional issue to be separated from the very people, the things you love. Not because you did anything, but because it's just what happened to you. People post on Facebook, people, pictures of people, and they may have been scarred, they may have been mounted a limb, and they say, no one will even say thank you or happy birthday or whatever to me because I'm scarred. How many of us have been living a life scarred? It is not that somehow we've done anything wrong. It may be simply because of the issues of life that have surrounded us for years that now people don't feel as though they can come around you scarred. You see, when the priest examined the people, there was an emotional pain associated. It is more than the physical torment of this disease I'm dealing with. There is an emotional pain. I have to learn to be alone. And not only do I learn to be alone, but I, who have been able to provide for myself, now find myself homeless, living out on the streets. Why? Because I cannot get a job. Nobody's going to hire me. I don't have an income. I have to feed from mouth to, from hand to mouth every day, whatever it may be. And wherever I go, I also have the emotional trauma that I got to announce myself, unclean, unclean. And when people heard that, they all scattered in the opposite direction. Which of us want to go out and declare your sins in front of the people and they leave? Prostitute, prostitute, drug addict, drug addict, thief, thief. Murderer! Murderer! Now you tell me when people begin to announce their sins, although all have sinned, you'll find out that many won't feel comfortable around. Mm. To be removed from your family, no contact. To be looking at you have to now beg for assistance. You see, you could declare I used to be able to have a three-course meal, a five-course meal. I ate the best, but now you have to beg for assistance because family and friends can't bring you any, anything. Why? Because no one wants to be around you for fear that they will contract the same thing. Back in the late 80s, the early 90s, we had what we call the AIDS crisis. People who began to uh, be smitten with the disease of AIDS and HIV at this point. Yet people, family, not comfortable around them, ostracized them. The media played it out, and there were those who says you brought this plague upon us or upon our nation, and they heard all kind of accusations and what have you. Some of these were loving people. So you had to begin to look at they were now afflicted. I encountered folks who says uh, when they found that someone visited their house who had AIDS 
and they ate off whatever dishes they ate off, they immediately threw those dishes in the trash. You see, it is just a stigma associated. But can I tell you, we all have a stigma that is, that is worse than AIDS. It's called sin. And all of us have it. No matter how much I try to clean myself up, Paul said it this way, the things that I would do, I find myself not doing. Oh, what a wretched man that I am. I can't get rid of this thing called sin. How often have I said I'm going to stop and I find myself right there doing it again. So now, here was this pack of ten men. In this pack, we begin to see that one of them was a Samaritan. Now, I need you to know the obvious thing that just doesn't fit here is that back in the day, Samaritans and Jews did not fit together. You didn't go into each other's homes. In other words, this racial unrest that you see now was what they encountered back then. If you were not a Jew, then we don't have nothing to do with you. We're the Jews, God's chosen people. And you all are the Gentiles. Any ragtag group of individuals who have fallen so short of God's glory, God ain't even looking at you. Why? We are the chosen people. Yet here in the midst of the chosen, there was this Gentile, a Samaritan. You might say, well, why is this important? Because you see, when everybody suffers now, the things that used to separate you, you find out they don't matter now. They don't really matter. You see, when we're living at, looking at the racial unrest and the injustice that's happening, right now we find people that put distinctions upon various things. But when everybody is situated dealing with the same thing, you may find out all oh, that stuff don't matter now. I don't care when the tornado or hurricane came through Louisiana. It doesn't matter what someone's opinion or beliefs were. When they all were facing flooding, they were all facing a hurricane conditions, then they had to learn how to work together. But I need you to know it's not just that. That now, when you say uh, birds of a feather locked together, so whatever our differences were prior to this, you see, when we were all in our unique worlds, we all had our social class structure, and we all had this working for us. The moment that we're now afflicted together, and there is no other help except that we learn to work together. How many of us know it is those things that will cause you to let your guard down? I was talking with uh, someone yesterday, uh, and when people are in need, and yet there's some of us are so proud in our need, I don't eat that. Oh, no, I don't eat that. Then my thing is, you're not hungry yet. Because I can tell you, when you get really hungry, you'll eat the very things you said that you'll never eat. I'm sure that when that plane crashed, in, the, in, the, in, the, in that Arctic area, and they were all up there in the mountains, cold, froze, freezing and everything. When they said, I will never eat some of the things they did, when one died, they carved him up and they all ate him. I've heard testimonies of those who were trapped under rubble with the houses and things from an earthquake falling on them. And the only source of fluids was to drink their own urine. Don't tell me what you won't do. Some of us, we run from spiders and from worms and whatever, but get hungry enough, you can't tell me what you won't eat. Uh. So here were these 10. They're all in a similar circumstance now. And when they saw Jesus coming, how did they know about him? I don't know. Maybe it was his fame that went before him prior to this moment that they heard about Somehow we all know when there is a potential hope, they got a new cure for virus. It's 90%. Well, maybe if I, you see, you're now listening to what will help you. We're here. They've heard that Jesus is coming. And they cried out as though they were in a chorus. Jesus, 
master, have mercy on us. You see, saints, there are going to be a time that you will let your God down when things start hurting you bad enough. Some of us are so proud, we don't want anybody to know that we're in need, but let your need get down deep enough. It comes a time we don't matter. It don't matter now who knows. I just got to get some help. And so while you're standing in the food stamp line, you're telling people, I've never stood in the food stamp line, but here I am today. Why? Because I need help. I'm standing in the unemployment line trying to see if I can collect benefits. And I was the one who had the high-powered job. I was making a living. Yes, but now here I am. Do I qualify? You see, mercy is what they were saying. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Notice they didn't say, Jesus, master, heal us. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. They didn't ask for money. They didn't ask for arms. They've asked for mercy. Why? Because sometimes you can live with your predicament for so long that you don't believe that it will change and you're only asking, Lord, help me to live with it so I can just go through it. Have mercy on me. Have mercy. I'm struggling with it. I'm not even asking you to heal me of it. I'm just saying have mercy. Help me to endure Help me to do it. These children have been acting up off the chain. Help me, Lord God, for this one who I gave my life to, and now they've walked out the door, and I'm stuck in this predicament. Help me have mercy on me. You see, this is when they saw Jesus. How did they see Jesus? They saw Jesus as the source. The source. They couldn't go to mama, brother, Sister, they couldn't go to daddy. They had to realize, I must find the source. And Jesus is the source of everything that you and I will ever need. Mm. He's the source. And when they saw their source coming, they cried out in anticipation, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. In other words, can you identify with our pitiful state? Can you see our loneliness? Can you see how wretched I am? Can you see I can't help myself? Jesus, Master, have mercy. I'm not trying to put on a show now. I can't change it now. Jesus, I need somebody to have mercy on us. Have mercy. And notice Jesus didn't touch him. Jesus didn't even go to where they were. He simply says, as they yelled from across the street from some distance, go show yourselves to the priests. Now, for some of us, that would have been an alarming issue because when you expect that somebody who has the means to come and bail you out, come and help you, come and change your predicament, and all they do is give you something that doesn't maybe make sense in the natural, Sometimes we can get a little attitude. How many of us have walked away? They had the money. All they had to do was just give me the money. They had the money. They could have helped me pay this bill. You got an attitude and ain't in your money. They saw I needed some food, and, and here they're going to say, God bless you. They Look look how fat they are. They just loaded. They, you, you see, sometimes when you put the expectation that people can help you, and they don't. What is our attitude? You see, it's at that moment that we need to have an attitude of gratitude. In other words, Lord, I thank you that despite the fact that they didn't help me, I'm so glad you're still here with me. I thank you, Lord God, that despite how lonely I feel right now, I thank you, Lord God, that you've given me a promise you'll never leave me. No forsake me. I thank you, Lord God, that regardless of how hard and how much it hurts, I thank you, Lord God, that you are an ever-present help. 
Lord, I was looking unto man to help me, to bail me out, to get me out of my predicament. But I'm so glad, Lord, that you are my ever-present help, and I will wait on you. Oh, I will wait on you, Lord God. Jesus says, go show yourselves to the priests. And that was indicative of only the priests can give a certification that something has happened. Now, when he said, when they're coming, Jesus have mercy. And he says, go show themselves to the priests. I need you to know there was something that was a part of whether or not they received the blessing or not. And that was whether or not they would do what he said to do. Notice, they had to obey. There are times that you and I have asked God for things, asked God to do things. And you got a word in your spirit, a thought that came to your mind, something a door that kind of opened and said, do this. I ain't doing that. You see, sometimes the thing that hinders the blessing is our unwillingness to obey what God said. When God was teaching me the principle of tithing, it was there when I could not afford to give that God said, give it. And I'm looking at, well, Lord, you can ask for a, a more opportune time. You know the bills I got to pay? Well, I don't have enough for this, and now you're telling me to tithe? You see, it'll be at the most opportune time. Why? Because that's a sacrifice worthy of his honor. It is not when things are going well so often. It is when you are struggling and he now requires of you, just like the prophet Elijah came to the woman and he said, feed me. She says, all I got is this little bit of flour and my son and I are going to eat a biscuit or whatever and we're going to die. He says, feed me first. Now, y'all know that's enough for some of us that we know we didn't miss that blessing. <laughs> Me give up some food to feed you? Huh? So here it is because or out of obedience that we begin to receive what God has called us to have. Along the way after they went, when Jesus told them to go show themselves to the priest, somewhere along the way, they were healed. Tell your neighbor, you'll get it if you keep moving. You see, some of us just stand still. We stand at the spot of the hurt and we keep replaying the hurt. We keep rewinding the DDR in our mind. We keep going through over and over and over replaying it. And what if I had done that? And what if I hadn't done that? You keep replaying, going through torment and pain and turmoil. But it's a time that God says it's time for you to start moving. And you got to move when I say move. So along the way, they begin to move. And we don't know how far they got. But the scripture declares somewhere along the way, somewhere after obeying, somewhere after doing what Jesus said, they began to discover that they were healed. Somewhere along the way. You see, for those of us, for those of us who have asked God to do some things and we stopped praying, we stopped believing, maybe that's why it did not come to pass. But I would say to you that if you're doing what God has called you to do and you keep doing it and you don't stop, you will have the very thing that God declared because he's not a man that he should lie. Oh, hallelujah. You got to tell yourself, keep moving. You see, it's there that you can't afford to have the pity party. It is there that you cannot stop going through, go through everybody who's done you wrong. Oh, no, you got to now move beyond, move through the hurt, move through the pain. But because he said move, you got to keep moving. Keep moving. Uh -huh. Some of us are stuck. You still stuck when Mary, when, when Jim Bob took your lunch money in the fifth grade. You still stuck. From here on, I ain't going to let nobody take nothing from me. Uh, some of us are still stuck. Uh-huh. When, 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 when Sally, sassy Sally, then took your man. Well, you so happy now. When you see what she dealing with, you glad she took him. Uh-huh. You see, you better learn how to keep moving. Keep moving. Keep it moving. Mm. And somewhere along the way, they begin to notice. Wait a minute. My foot don't hurt no more. Wait a minute. Look. Look at my hands. Look. Man, look at my face. Look, look. Look. 
they begin to notice, they begin to see something. Why? Because when you're moving on in the word of God, you will have what the word of God promised you will have. And there they were moving there along the way. They were moving simply because they didn't stay in the level of where they were. Some of us, one of the hardest things to do is to move from the place where you are and go to the place where God promised he would bring deliverance. So while they're now celebrating, they got the party going on. Then they're excited because of what that's now happening in their body. They see the evidence. They're now jumping, praising. They, they're having a great day. They're, they're now moving. And one on this side, uh-uh, this ain't good enough. I'm jumping, I'm celebrating, I'm doing all this with y'all, but this ain't good enough. I need to go back to the one who just blessed me with this healing. And he made his way back to Jesus. What is it going to make for you? What is it going to take for you to make your way back to Jesus? The one who gave you the blessing, have you forgotten about it? Have you forgotten to pray? You pray, Lord, if you bring me out of this, I promise you, I'm coming to church every Sunday. I promise you. If you bless me, Lord, with some money, I'm going to give, Lord. Well, that's too much. But I'm going to give you something, Lord. You see, you think about all the promises and all the things we made. And now that you see the blessing, do you honor your word? That's why the scripture says, don't don't make a vow that you're not willing to keep. Mm. Uh huh. You see, so we begin to look at it. This one man made his way back. And notice the scripture says that he bowed. Verse 16, he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. He fell down on his face. Look at his level of prayer, his level of worship. This won't, this won't a high five, man, you just brought me out of this. This won't none of that easy thing. Oh, no, this won't this. He had an attitude of gratitude. Look at the level in which he exhibited it. It was so that he won't try to be cute. He won't try to be in the right position, the right stance. He fell on his face and began to worship and thank God. When is the last time you took the time to fall on your face for thanking and worshiping God for what he brought you to? How many of us have had to go through some things and just as soon as it lifted, you said, whoo, I made it through that. Hey, y'all, where are we going to party at now? Where are we going now? Oh, Lord. And yet we have taken, we have moved so quick from God's blessing. And God is saying, did I not bless you? Jesus says, were there not 10 of you? Where the other nine? See, so saying sometimes you got to realize you can't go with the crowd. You got to realize the crowd don't have the same heart that some of us have. Some of that crowd may even be in the house of God, and they're not serving the Lord the way that you see to serve the Lord with the same intensity, the same love. But here Jesus asked the question: Where are? The other nine. I can ask the question, where are the rest who are not here? Then they receive the blessing. Then they receive the food. Then they receive the financial assistance. Then they receive the visits to the hospitals. Then they receive the encouragement when they were going down. Then they receive the, 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 the scholarship assistance for their children. Then they receive much more, and yet, where are the nine? Where are they now? You see, sometimes you're around people who are there only to get what they can get, and after they get it, see ya. No more time for you. But when the very ones who've been a blessing to you, who have changed your life, your predicament, have brought you out, to those you owe a greater debt of gratitude. Now, how do I play it out. I'm going to say, Father, I'm yours. I belong to you. 
You have brought me through dangers seen and unseen. You brought me through the fire. You brought me through the flood. I'm here today only because of your precious blood. I have been bought with a price, and my body is not my own. I will glorify you with my body and my spirit, which are yours. You see, this debt of gratitude is that I realize I cannot repay you for what you have done for me. Have you ever encountered someone when you have done something so magnanimous it changed their whole life and they know I can no way pay you for what you've done for me? You didn't do it because I was so cute. You didn't do it because I was so smart. You didn't do it because I was so whatever maybe so gifted. You did it because God's grace came and you extended it and it fell on me. Some of us would not even be here where we are today had it not been for God using others to be a blessing to you. Mm. Mm. Oh, as I look at my mother, I asked her yesterday when we were together, how are the Golden Girls? This is a group of her friends that she's had. All of them have been together ever since they were in high school, even before. They are, some even as late as 91 years old, they have kept this friendship for, who, for 60, 70, 80 plus years. And why do I bring them up? Because I know that when we didn't have... Oftentimes, it was some of those golden girls who came to bless us. And that's why we're here today. Uh, I can tell you what it feels like when you don't have any Christmas gifts to give to your children. And there's a knock on the door and people are bringing in gifts. I can tell you what it's like. I can tell you what it's like when, you, when you're saying, Lord, I don't have a, I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill, but all of a sudden there's some mail that comes and there's just enough money in the mail to pay your bill. And you're going to tell me, you're going to sit down on your praise. Oh, hallelujah. When that one has been sick in the hospital and you know that you don't know how, they, whether or not they're going to make it, but God healed them, you mean you're going to sit down on your praise when your children were on the way to jail, but God sent a word to someone, delivered, brought them out, and they're here today. You're going to tell me you're going to sit down on your praise when you didn't have a job, when God gave you a job. You're going to tell me you you're going to sit down on your praise. You're going to tell me when you didn't have food to put on the table. You didn't know where it was coming from. You're going to sit down on your praise. Oh, if the people of God will just bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Now you start to bless him. Bless him. Bless him. Bless him. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. An attitude of gratitude. Thank you, Lord. That ain't, don't you stop. You think about where you would be had it not been for the Lord on your side. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. When my life was required, you protected me. When the bullet almost hit me, you shielded me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All oh, your goodness and your mercy, your blessings, morning by morning, new mercies I see. Great is your faithfulness. Hallelujah. 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 Think about how good God has been. Hallelujah. Think about your friends who have died and gone on, but you still here. Oh, thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you.
the psalmist wrote, when I was sinking deep in sin, very deeply, pain within. But then I heard the masses cry. Now say, here I am, Lord. Here am I. Why? Because love lifted me. When no, no one else could help, love lifted me. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The love of God. The mercy of God. The grace of God. Hallelujah. 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 Lord God, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. When I didn't know how I was going to come through, thank you, Lord. You made a way. You made a way. Thank you. You made a way. When I was going out of my mind, I thought I was going to lose my mind. Oh, Lord. You allowed the mind of Christ to become mine. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When Nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Hallelujah. 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 Now, saints, I need to give you, we're about to conclude this, but I want to give you a warning. In Romans 1.21, the scripture says, although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. You see, an ungrateful heart will darken your heart. An ungrateful heart. You see, the more you see God blessing, the more that you refuse to give him praise. It begins to remove and separate and darken your heart. Your being here and hearing this message today is a significant step. I pray that God will begin to build an attitude of gratitude. That for those who've lost their way, I'm going to let you know that he's right here waiting on you. You see, it was this one man who came back and said, Lord, I come to give you thanks. Who knows what distance he had to travel to get there. And I'm going to say to those of you who are watching and even some in this house, if you've lost your way, he's right there waiting for you to come. You can find him. He's going to make sure that you will find him. You see, the thing about it, he was never lost. We were. We were. So the one who comes to give thanks, the one who's been blessed by Jesus, you need to make it known. The word of God declares that we'll overcome us by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Make sure your testimony is not all about what you did. Let it be about what he did. Amen. Amen. Jesus says, can any be found who will give thanks? Father, we thank you today. As we give you thanks, glory, and honor for all that you have done for us. 
Lord, we owe you a debt that we cannot pay. So, Lord, this morning, this morning we present ourselves to you. We declare, Lord, come in our heart, save us. Write our name in your book of life. You'll be Lord and Savior of our life. I'm now yours. Lord, I thank you. Thank you. They're two of the easiest words, but some for some of us, the hardest words to say. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. So as you celebrate this Thanksgiving season, it is not about the turkey. It's not about the stuff in the gravy, the candy yams. It's not about any of that. It's about God who has provided who continually to provide is God. Saints, we're going to say we want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. For those of you who are watching us online, I want to say to you, you have a very safe Thanksgiving. Begin to realize that this time we may not be able to have all the loved ones around our table, but you can Zoom and you can do whatever to talk and to encourage. I want you to be safe and ever above all that, Constantly, continuously, give God thanks. First Thessalonians, give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Father, this morning we just thank you for the blessing. The blessing, Lord God, that we have received, the things we have received and failed to say thank you. We repent and ask you, Lord, please forgive us. Father, for every promotion, Father, for every buildup of income in our bank accounts, for every job, for every new house, for every bit of clothing and food on the table, Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for kids and family and friends around us, Lord God, who mean our best, who are there for our best, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for those who still have loved ones and, 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 and parents around. We thank you, Lord God. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for all that you've done. As we celebrate Thanksgiving, may we keep our mind on you, stayed on you. You keep us in perfect peace. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, for those of you who have been watching us, we want to say hopefully something's been said to encourage you as well as those of you who are here. How about corresponding with us? Go on our website and drop a letter, a note or something on, the, on our webpage, uh, www.mygbca.org. Drop us a line or whatever. And maybe this message has encouraged you and has prompted you to want to give. You see, Thanksgiving is that God so loved the world that he gave. And so I, this morning we're going to ask you if you will give so into the ministry. We want to be a blessing. In fact, today, right after service, we're giving out bags of groceries and everything today, right now, in the next few minutes. And so we want to let you know that as funds and things come in the house, we want to be a blessing. We've always desired to be a blessing to the people of God. We thank God for each and every last one of you. Amen. So may the grace of God, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide, henceforth, now, and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. So while uh, they're getting ready to take us offline and off air, Come on, folks, on this side, 